see up here on the screen up here, we're going to start a new series. I've been uh, praying about this and some things in my heart about God's protection plan. And, and, uh, but we're going to hit it from a little different angle than you might think this morning here. I got to thinking about how that more than ever we live in a, a world that's more dangerous now than it's ever been, okay, since the times of Jesus Christ. But, you know, God has a good reputation. If, I, if you go back and you read things in the Scriptures, God has a tremendous reputation. Because all of us, at some point in our lives, we've been in harm's way. We've been in dangerous situations. And I really think, to be honest with you, I don't think I know that when we get to heaven, the Lord is going to reveal to us the, the times and the things that God did to protect us so that we could avoid traps of the enemy, even physical danger. Things that could have, should have happened, but they didn't happen because we were walking with the Lord. But if you look at the people in the Bible, for example, these are just a few names here, but not an exhaustive list. But if you think about Moses, the children of Israel, Joshua, Abraham, David, Nehemiah, Solomon, Elijah, Elisha, Peter, James, John, and the rest of the apostles. They were averted dangerous situations did not happen because God came through to protect them. Amen. God has a very good track record of protecting His people. Amen. Now, of course, part of this series, we're going to get into this. We're going to talk about how the angels have their part in divine protection and so forth. We're going to also talk about conditions for protection. Now, I wanted to start with this psalm right here uh, that David wrote here. And it says, and I'm going to read this out of the NLT, the New Living Translation. It says this. What if the Lord had not been on our side? Question mark. Let all Israel repeat. What if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us? They would have swallowed us up alive with burning anger. The waters would have engulfed us. A torrent would have overwhelmed us. Verse 5 says, Yes, the raging waters of the fury would have overwhelmed our very lives. So I, I like that because... What if, what if the Lord had not been on our side? He's rehearsing that with Israel. Because, you know, it's good to remember the things that God did for you. When the Lord brought the Israelites through the Red Sea, for example, that was a big miracle. But there were ten plagues that God sent, you know, judgments on Egypt at that time, supernatural things to deliver them. And then the final, in the final analysis, remember the Egyptians were drowned in the Red Sea. Were they not? And, uh, I mean, they saw it. It wasn't, you know, they didn't hide them behind a rock and do it just in front of Moses. I mean, all of Israel saw the waters part. Okay? Amen? And, you know, it's really interesting. I, I'm, I love our biblical archaeology, but, you know, I've said this before. But a man named, by the name of Ron White, you can look him up, Ron White, discovered, using the Bible as a road map, uh, where the Red Sea crossing was. Amen? And it was the beach of Nueva, all right? And it was the only place that they could have crossed if the waters were parted because there was an underwater bridge. That's the only place where there was an underwater bridge that if the waters abated, they could walk across on, in which they did. Any other place on the Red Sea that they would have crossed had big cliffs and valleys. There's no way, even if he split the Red Sea, they couldn't have walked through on that, okay? But here's the interesting part. This is the only place... On Nueva Beach, I wish I had a map. I could bring it up here. I should have thought about it. But they're, they're, they found uh, chariots, parts, and horse skeletons, and human remains, bones, shrewn across the whole section of that section of the Red Sea that, are, that were preserved in coral. God used coral to preserve it. Amen? And it dates back. The chariot wheels date back to that part of the fifth or third dynasty or whatever that was. And uh, with Egypt and so forth. And all those parts, because remember he drowned them in the Red Sea? It's all still there. His name is Ron White. You can look him up, okay? And, uh, but the Lord used stuff like that to encourage them so that if they got in another tight spot, another situation, they were to remember what God did. Well, of course, you know, and I know that that's not exactly what happened because every time Israel would get in a tight spot, they're ready to go back and make a U-turn and go back to Egypt. We had it better back in Egypt. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I don't think so. But God wanted them to trust. 
God wanted the Israelites to trust him every step of the way and not give in to fear and doubt and unbelief. And the very first thing, the first test they had was the water situation. When they wanted water, they needed water. Of course, you're out in the desert. And, uh, and they came up to a place, uh, and it was, they tested the waters, and the waters were bitter. Remember that? They called it Mara. And the Lord instructed, they complained and they murmured before the Lord. You know, and God instructed Moses to take a tree branch down off a tree and throw it into the water, and the bitter waters were made sweet. That's a type of the cross. The bitter waters that we're in in life, and God puts his cross in there, Jesus Christ, and makes the bitter waters sweet. Then they were able to drink it. Amen? Now that place is actually still there. Amen? All those spots are still there. Praise the Lord. And, uh, but it's important for us to realize when it comes to divine protection, that we remember the things that God has done for us. Amen? And uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 7. And let's look at the first key to divine protection. The first key to divine protection. Where do we get into this today? This is so amazing. Praise God. I had to change all my sermon, the, the last part of my sermon, all up because yesterday the Lord spoke to me and gave me some things in the morning. I'm like, oh my goodness. And, uh, but it'll tie right in here. But notice in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is talking here in verse 24. And it says this, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Underline that phrase. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And then 25 says, And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Okay? And then verse 26, Everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, that's Jesus saying this, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which buildeth house upon the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew. Now I, I, underline, I underline three words here, rain, floods, winds. That's a storm. Rains, floods, winds. Blew, and it beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Okay? And it came to pass that when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught, as them, taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Jesus taught with authority. Amen? And I believe when the Holy Ghost shows up, you can teach when it's the truth of the Word of God, you can teach with power and with authority and with conviction. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, what I want to show you is this. The same storm came to individuals, all right? The same storm came, the winds, the rains, and the, and the storm came and beat upon both of these people. One was left standing after the storm was over. The other one was wiped out, okay? What is the difference? What is the difference? One didn't just hear the Word of God. He didn't hear it. Only he hear, heard it and then he did or practiced the Word of God. Amen. The other heard the Word of God, but when the storms of life came against them, it, it destroyed them. Okay? And no, it's not the storms of life that make you strong. Do you know that? It's not the storms. You know, when the devil sends a storm, his purpose is to destroy you. His purpose is to destroy you. When a storm comes against you, and there's different types of storms. I'm not just talking about a literal, you know, rain and stuff like that. I'm talking about the storms of life when they come against us. If we understand what Jesus is saying right here, if our foundation is right, because the one guy built his house upon the sand, right? That's the guy that heard the word but didn't do it. The other guy heard the word and did the word. His house foundation was on a rock. And so you have the same storm coming against both individuals but when it's all said and done, the only one that's left standing is the guy that heard the word and did the word of God. Amen? So this is really important for us to realize that when, when we face adversity, when things come against us, whether it's a sickness or disease or some type of family situation or whatever the case may be, there's a scripture. I've always trained myself, and I got this from my spiritual father, Brother Kenneth Hagin. He said, find a scripture. What scripture? He was a word man. Amen? He said, when you face the crisis of life, I can almost remember him saying this. When you face the crisis of life, he says, ask yourself, what scripture or scriptures am I standing upon? 
And someone said, well, not any, any in particular. Well, that's exactly, he said, that's exactly what you're going to get. <laughs> we have to have the Word of God in, lodged. When you face adversity, when you face trials, God will always, you know, the Scripture says, I love this, He says, He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. You see, when you face adversity, what does God send you? He sends you a word. He gives you a word. The word of God. Amen. He sent his word and what? Healed them. See, people want healing, but he, he, God wants to give us the word first, and then the healing will come. It says in the Gospel of Luke, in two different places, they came to hear and to be healed of their diseases. So it's important to understand the the. the, the the uh, priority of receiving from God is first, number one, hearing the Word of God. I am of complete, full conviction. Actually, when we, we come to church, do you know this is a big counseling session right now? Yeah. It really is. God's counseling us. Amen? John Osteen, father of Joel Osteen, made a statement one time, I'll never forget it. He said, uh, when they first started the church, they had he had people lined up at his office door that wanted counseling from him. And it would just, just, like Moses, just wear you out. And so the Lord dealt with him. Make a long story real short. The Lord dealt with him to say this. He said, have the people, if they want counseling, whether it's by me or someone else in the staff, that to make sure that they're in church twice a week for at least two months before they need counseling. Don't miss a service. Get in every single church service, you know. And... Uh, and, this, and they proved it out that the people that would avail themselves to the church and to the ministry, the Holy Ghost would address their problems supernaturally in the service. Supernaturally. And a lot of those people would come back and say, Pastor, I got my answer in Wednesday night service. I got my answer on Sunday morning service in the second service. Amen? Why is it? Because the Holy Ghost knows what people need. Do you know how many times... I mean, almost every single week, I'll be up here, literally every week, and I'll, I'll be led to say something I wasn't preparing on saying. Just like right now, exactly. This, is, uh, this was not in my notes. <laughs> we call that rabbit trails, whatever you want to call it. You know, but uh, Brother Hagin used to call it a little side journey. He goes, you mind if I take a little side journey? Okay. Well, the reason being is because the Holy Ghost is tugging on that leaders, on that person that's speaking. He's tugging on their heart and their mind to come over here and to minister to that one or two persons that needs that right there. Remember the parable about the, the lost sheep? God will leave the 99 to go, get, go after the one. In a service, the Lord will do that sometimes. And I've asked myself through the years, why did I end up saying that? And then sure enough, a week or two later, someone will say, man, I needed that's exactly what I needed, you know. But the problem is, is a lot of people don't avail themselves to put themselves in a divine position uh, to hear from a, from a pastoral perspective from the anointing to hear what God has to say. Are you with me now? Praise God. Have you ever gotten help coming to one of our services? Well, that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. Now, it may not be exactly what you want to hear, <laughs> but it may be what you need. There's times I've heard things that I didn't want to hear, but boy, I needed it. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I was just listening to Brother Keith Moore the other day, and he said something, I'm like, ouch. And we're like, thank you, Lord, I needed that. <laughs> Amen? It's exactly what I needed. I said, Lord, I accept that. I receive that. Amen. So, uh, God always comes, God always brings us a word. Now, in this case right here, we're talking about divine protection. The first thing to receive divine protection from the Lord is to realize we've got to become doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. Doers, practicing what the word of God has to say. Being, I wrote down here, being a doer of the word will ensure victory in the midst of any storm. There's a lot of people that want help, but they're not in a position to receive help. They're not in a position to receive help. Amen? That's just, it's, we'll use the illustration of the church right now. A lot of people, if they would sit under the word, if they would avail themselves to the services, just one service a week, it would change their lives. And not miss for a solid two months and see what would happen. Are you with me now? 
But what happens is the devil throws up some type of a thing, you know, oh, you got to take care of this. Someone, so-and-so invited you out to lunch. you got to go out to lunch with them. Say, wait, why, why is it on a Sunday while I'm having church? What's more important? Okay. Amen. Now, I'm not preaching to the choir because I know you're here today, but what I'm saying is this. If people realize that God's priority of sitting under the Word of God and listening to the Word of God, it can change their lives. I mean, Lynn and I, we've spent, I can't tell you how much money we've spent going through the years, going to ministers' conferences, sitting under anointed teachers and preachers, flying halfway across the country to get under that anointing. Why? Because we value the anointing. I value the anointing. And uh, praise God. And to go get fed ourselves. So being a doer of the word will ensure victory in the midst of any storm. And again, notice that the same storm came to each person, but it's the foundation that made the difference. The foundation. Hearing and doing. Hearing and doing. Go to James chapter 1 real quick here. In James chapter 1, in verse 21, with this phrase in mind, he that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Praise the Lord. Now it's interesting because Jesus didn't say the storm wouldn't come. He said the storms are going to come. They're going to beat upon your house. Okay? Because it's trying to take you down. I've had a few of those in my life. Amen. More than I'd like to count. Amen. But even when your emotions are sinking, if you cling to the Word of God, I mean, there's times I've been just, just clinging to the Word of God. I felt like I was sinking. But all of a sudden, the storm passed and I was left there standing. <laughs> Amen. Because the Word of God is our sure foundation. Now, James says this. Now, he, you know, he's the half-brother of Jesus Christ, you know. And he said this in verse 21, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Notice it's the engrafted word able to save your souls or renew your minds. Okay, that's not being born again. That's, that's talking right here about your soul being, amen, saved. Because he's writing, the book of James is not written to sinners, it's written to Christians. Okay? The Word of God, he says, now verse 22 says, But be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You see that? Verse 23, For if any man be a hearer of the Word, and not a doer, he is like a man beholding himself in the natural face in the glass, and beholdeth himself. And he goeth away, and he straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continues there, and being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Do you want to be blessed in all you do? He said, be a doer of the Word of God. Don't be just a hearer, but a doer. So being a doer of the Word means you believe the Word of God. You act on the Word of God. Praise God. Like, if, for example, if I asked one of you to say, hey, do you want to go out to lunch after the service is over? Just hypothetically. And I asked you, you said, well, sure, we can do that, you know. Well, you trust my word enough that after the service is over, you're looking, your, your expectation is up because we're going to go out to lunch. Because I put my word out there, okay? When God puts his word out there, the best thing we can do is honor and respect that and say, and don't question it. Say, yes, Lord, you said it, then it's true. Amen? So with this thought, my go to Luke uh, chapter 11 real quick here. This is in the in New Living Translation. And we're establishing this fact about being not just a hearer of the Word of God, but being a doer. And when we become a doer of the Word of God, when the storms of life come against us. How many of you ever had a storm come against you? Not literally, but a storm of life. And boy, I'll tell you, in some of the testimonies today, that was a storm. Pat, what you shared about your neck, that was a storm that came against you. All right, with that neck pain. That was of the adversary. That was of the devil. Amen. But you did something spiritually that got you the victory. You acted upon the Word of God. You became a doer of the Word of God, and now you're healed. Okay? And praise God. That's the most powerful thing, isn't it? Now, Jesus is preaching a sermon here, and this is kind of unusual. I, I don't know that I'd want to have this interruption in my service, but, but notice what, what happened here. And as he was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother. 
and the womb from which you came in the breast that nursed you. She interrupts this service and she says this. <laughs> Amen. I'd be standing there, what? <laughs> what did she just say? <laughs> Amen. The woman in the crowd, Jesus was speaking. The woman in the crowd called out, bless your mother. God bless you. Amen. From the womb that you came out and the breast that nursed you. But notice Jesus' response to this. Sometimes, you know, uh, people can have, be well-meaning, but they say the wrong thing. And Jesus said in verse 28, Jesus replied, But even more blessed are all those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. See how they tried to put their, the emphasis, and people do it today. They put emphasis on Mary. Amen. And, uh, and it's been that way ever since. A lot of people put so much emphasis on her. But, you know, Mary needed to be born again too. You know, she was filled with the Holy Ghost. She was in the upper room. She, Mary was a sinner. How many of you know that? She was not a saint in the fact that she never sinned before like Jesus. She was a human being just like any of us here. Um, and they were putting emphasis, trying to put emphasis on the fact that, oh, your mother's so blessed. He says, I'll tell you what's really blessed, those that hear my word and put it into practice. In other words, do what the word of God says. Isn't that good? Now, real quickly here, go, because of time, go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. In verse 2 it says this, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, they shall enter into my rest, although their works were finished from the foundation of the world. Now, the Apostle Paul here is referring to, back to the Old Testament, I'll just refer to it, that the 12 spies, you know, the word was preached to them uh, through Moses, that God said through Moses, I've given you the land, go up and possess it. But they did not mix faith. Remember the 10 spies came back and 10 of them came back, or 12, I'm sorry, 12 came back, one for one of the heads of each of the tribes, there was 12 tribes of Israel, 12 spies went up. And uh, when they came back, only two of them had a good report. That was Joshua and Caleb. And they said, we're able to do this. We're able to do what God said. The ten of them came back with an evil report of unbelief. So when, when, when God, through Moses, the Holy Ghost through Moses said, I've given you the land, go up and possess it, you know. Um, they didn't mix faith with what they heard, and therefore they perished in the wilderness. Okay. But then you have the minority. You have Joshua and Caleb. I love the spirit. The Bible says they had another spirit. They had the spirit of faith. <laughs> said, we can do this. And the spirit of faith is a spirit of victory. Amen. The spirit of faith will laugh at adversity. The spirit of faith will look at problems and say, ha, ha, ha. You're not going to overcome me. Hallelujah. Because the God that we're trusting in is going to bring us through. He's going to bring us out and bring us over. Glory to God. Amen. So notice that being a doer of the word and being a hearer of the word caused the ten spies and those underneath them to perish in the wilderness because they didn't mix faith with what they were hearing. You know, I think it's important, listen to me really carefully, that when we hear the word of God, just like today, when, you know, now if it's my word, that's one thing, but we're talking about God's word. We have to mix faith. It's like a main ingredient. We have to mix faith with what word we hear. And if we mix faith with it, that means we believe what's being said. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. When we believe the word of God, we get excited. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. There's been times I, I used to run track and field when I was in high school, you know. And we had these starting blocks that we'd put. They still use them to this day to get down in that thing, you know. And, and, the, and the gun would go off and bam, I'd take off running. You know what I'm saying? And I spent a lot of years doing that training for that, you know. And... Uh, I don't know why I said that, but it'll come back to me. I was going to make a point. I don't know what it was right now. <laughs> Looping around, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Being a doer. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Is uh, That would anticipate that gun going off because I was very, boom, bam, I'll take off and you run, okay? A lot of times I feel like that when I'm hearing a message. And I, sometimes I look around and see people like, Tired, bored. 
I'm like, do you realize? I know when I was sitting under Brother Kenneth E. Hagin, you know, that was such an honor and a privilege for me. I wanted to kiss the ground. I mean, I literally was, I, I didn't worship the man, but I'm saying it was just such a precious, holy thing to be able to sit. And yet I would see people in his class reading hot rod magazines. This is back before the days of internet and stuff like that. I mean, in, in class, reading hot rod magazines and just doodling, doing stuff. And I'm like, do you realize this guy that's speaking today, do you realize the caliber of person that this is? Well, obviously they didn't. And that's about the last you ever heard of them. They never went back into the ministry. They never even got into the ministry after that. But I'll tell you what, when we respect the Word of God and we, we cherish the Word of God, we're like in those starting blocks. And when it starts, we're like, give me some truth today, Pastor. Give me some word today. I'm ready to go for it. I'm ready to do it. Because it's the doers of the word that are blessed. Hallelujah. Not just the hearers. Anybody can hear. That's the first part. But hearing and doing is the opposite side of the coin. You know, it's just like in the natural. If you have a quarter, in order for that quarter to be legal tender, both sides have to be intact. If the heads or the tails is messed up and it can't be... If something happened to it, something ran over it or something like that, you can't use that legally speaking, all right? And it's just like with faith, when you hear the word, that's the one side of the coin, but the second side of the coin is doing the word of God. Amen. And it becomes a legal tender in your life, amen? So hearing starts the process, but then taking it to a step further and say, I'm going to do the word of God. Now here's what I wanted to get to today. The Spirit of God spoke to my heart. I think it was yesterday, early morning, yesterday, early morning. And, uh, and he said this to me. Now, I wasn't, this was just to me personally, you know, but I didn't know I'd be sharing this today, but he gave me the permission to do it. And he said this. He said, Keith, every time I speak to you, either by my word or by my spirit, it's the truth. It's the truth. And I'll, we'll look at a couple of scriptures here today. But when God speaks to you, He is telling you the truth. What's the opposite of the truth? It's a lie. The Bible says, let God be true, let every man be a liar. So, whether it's the written word or if the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it's the truth. He's called the Spirit of truth. Amen? And I never saw it quite in that light because there have been so many times that I've been going through something like you all have, and yet inside of me I would hear the Holy Spirit say something to me, and sometimes I failed to act upon it. It's like, well, maybe that was just me. Well, what if it wasn't? See, that's the thing is sometimes is we, we over-spiritualize things, you know, that every one of you in this room if you're a Christian, you've heard from God more times than you, than you even know. There was just no sparks flying, you know, no fireworks going off, so to speak, because we think if God speaks to us, it's going to be like that. But let me tell you something. More often than not, when God speaks to you, it's in a still, small voice, a thought, an impression, a peace, that He just reassures you it's going to be okay, honey. Amen. And I've, I've, I've trained myself to... when. Things come up and things look like, a, oh, an, an alarming situation. I've trained myself when I hear something to listen inside me. And if I listen to the Holy Ghost, you know, it's just like that Kim, that Kim Jong-un guy, the guy with the funny haircut. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, and this is a few weeks ago, well, more than a month ago, you know. And I asked the Lord, I said, uh, you know, because I like to pray about things. If I'm hearing current events, if, I, if there's something I can do about it and to pray about it, I'll do it, you know. And I said, Lord, what about this Kim Jong-un, if I'm saying it right? And I heard the Lord's laugh out loud. And he said, ha, <laughs> ha, That's all he said. And he gave me a scripture in... in, in uh, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The Lord shall sit on his throne and he laughs at the enemy for he sees his day approaching. He laughs. He laughs. And the Lord said, 
You have nothing to worry about. I'm going to turn this situation around. Hallelujah. Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't get my answer until I went to the Lord about it, you know. But you know what? I haven't thought twice about it since then. I've seen news things come up and all this kind of stuff, you know, Rocket Man and so forth. And, you know, and, you know, because we live here, you know. And uh, then I, I go back to the original thing that the Lord spoke to my heart about. He, 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 he just laughed. I didn't hear it with these physical ears, but I heard it in my spirit. And sometimes the Lord will have you laughing at the most unusual times. At destruction and famine thou shalt laugh, the Bible says. <laughs> That's usually when people cry. Amen? But I've trained myself to listen on the inside. See, a lot of times people will have confidence in what the minister, how he's hearing. And that's good. Praise God. For, I hope you have confidence in me, my ability to hear from the Lord. That's great. But even more importantly, as a child of God, develop an, a, an unwavering confidence that I can hear from God and He will speak to me and He will comfort me and He will give me the direction that I need. And it's always the truth. When Jesus talks to you, when He speaks to you, when the Holy Ghost talks to you, He's telling you the truth. Amen? Now, I remember five or six years ago, I don't know how long it's been now, my father moved to heaven. Okay? And uh, my mother asked me to do the service. At first, I was like, wow, I've never done this before. You know what I mean? Doing my own dad's funeral, you know? And I just prayed about it. I felt like I was supposed to do it. Now, I had an unusual experience happen to me. And uh, I was praying about it, waiting on the Lord. And I was in a, kind of in an emotional state at that point, you know what I mean? Because that's, that's my dad, you know what I'm saying? Now, we didn't lose our dad. He's, I know exactly where he's at. I didn't lose him. We didn't lose him. Someone says, I'm so sorry for your loss. I didn't lose anything. My father just moved to heaven, which I'm going there too. Okay? So here's the thing. The Bible even says that we're not to sorrow as the world sorrows that has no hope. When the world sorrows, it's like, I have no hope. I'm, I'm never going to see them again. That's not true. If they're a believer, they've just gone there ahead of time. Amen? That's like someone in your house that took the car and went over to... Uh, some mall before you got there, okay? And you're going to meet them there. They just beat you there, okay? Well, I'm, I'm having a, a time with the Lord, and, uh, and the Lord, the Holy Ghost spoke to me, not audibly, but it was so real inside my heart. And he said, your dad has a message for you. Because Paul talked about the family that's in heaven and the family that's in earth. And you know, the Bible says that in Hebrews chapter 12, we're encompassed so with about with so great a cloud of witnesses. There's a portal, there's an entrance in heaven that, that uh, they can look down and they can see spiritual progress in, in their, in the, like us, in your family that's here. They can see, and they're cheering you on. Okay? Now, I didn't hear my dad's. He said, the Lord said this, your father has a message for you, and here's the message he wants to say. And I, I got chills up my, my spine thinking about this right now because it was so real to me. And, I, and the Lord said this and with fire. He said, Keith, give them heaven at my funeral. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And it was like, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Give them heaven. And it was like branded in my spirit, you know. Because I'm going through these different emotions at the time with my dad, you know what I mean? He was my friend, you know, not just my father. And, uh, and I'll never forget that. I got up there and did, this, did the service, you know. what? God's presence just showed up in that place, I'm telling you. And uh, some of you might have been there when that happened. And we had a bunch of people that received the Lord in that service. It was just amazing to me. But I was so conscious. I was so conscientious of what the Lord said to me during that time that any grief that I would have had just flew off me like a bird, just, just left. It's like, man, I know, 
My father is probably watching. He's watching this right now. They're able to do that in heaven. Okay? But, you know, when people go to, they may not have been earth, they might not have been real heavenly minded when they were on the earth, but when they get to heaven, they become all of a sudden very spiritually minded. <laughs> they don't care what kind of car you drive or what kind of car they drove or how much natural stuff they had. What matters to them is what spiritual progress in this earth. That's what matters. Amen? Praise God. And so uh, when, when I got up there and I was so conscious of what the Lord had just said to me. that, And it was unusual to me. And I bounced that off of some other men of God. I said, I had this experience happen to me. What do you think of this? And I think I remember talking to the minks about that. I said, no question, that was God. Okay? Now, we're not talking to the, 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 the deceased. We're not doing that. Okay? Now, that's another story for another day. But, you know, if someone says, you know, my, my uncle appeared to me last night. And he came into the room. That's not your uncle. Okay? And there are people that, that deal with that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And hear voices and things like that. You know what I'm trying to say? And demons will impersonate. They're called familiar spirits. They will impersonate, you know, like George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. I don't know what they'd want to come back for anyway, you know. And, uh, but I've known people that have, that have had these kind of things happen, okay. These are just familiar spirits. But the Lord is able to communicate to you something that one of your loved ones said. There are times that I'll tell my, the Lord, I'll say, Father... I just want you to tell, if I think about it, I said, Father, I just want you to tell my earthly dad, just tell him how much I love him, how much I appreciate him, how much I'm looking forward to seeing him. And the Holy Ghost will speak back to me. He said, he said Keith, he already knows that. And he's already making preparations for you. Not tomorrow. <laughs> Amen. And... Uh, but you're not talking directly to them, but you're talking through the Lord. Do you, do you see what I'm saying here? And, the, you know, we're, 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 we're in more contact with heaven than you even realize. We're, Romans, or Hebrews 12 says we're surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses. Amen. Now, my point being is this. The Lord said this to my spirit. He said, Keith, when I speak to you, I will always tell you the truth. And if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. When you know the truth, you're not going to be vacillating back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Back and forth. I believe, I don't believe. I believe, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to stay in the realm of belief. Because if I believe what God said, I will not be troubled. Let not, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. Believe in God. Yeah. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. Wait till you see the mansions that you have in heaven. And I'm talking literal mansions. Bigger than any house you could ever dream. Decked out in the style that you like. Because God gives you the complete desires of your heart. Even the very texture and the furniture that's in your mansion is exactly how you would like it on this earth. Amen? So every time God speaks to us, we're talking about being a doer of the Word of God. He speaks through the Word of God, and by the Holy Ghost, He will tell you the truth. Now, I just recently heard this story. Everybody knows who Kenneth Copeland is, right? Well, he had a mother. What was her name? Vanetta. Vanetta, yeah. His mother was a very godly woman, and she came from the, from the was it Navajo? Indian, one of the, she's Cherokee, yeah. Uh, almost full-blood Cherokee, you know, Indian. But she had, she had a, a gruffness and a roughness about her, but yet a boldness in the Lord, you know. And I'm telling you, I heard Kenneth just share, share this story recently, you know, talking about the truth. And uh, she had started these prayer meetings that turned into churches. I don't know how many different times she'd have a prayer meeting and all these people would show up. Then they would start a church and they would get a pastor in that start a church. She was a fireball for God. And there was a friend of Kenneth's, uh, I think his name was Jimmy Hester, I think his name was, and maybe you've heard this story before, but he had uh, had a terminal disease, I think it was cancer, and, oh, the heart, that's right, it was a heart issue, and uh, 
had all kind of issues with his physical heart. And uh, so she came up to Kenneth's mother, and she knew about it. And she said to him, here's the statement, if, if I'm correct. She said this. She goes, tell me the truth about that situation. She knew about the heart situation. She goes, tell me the truth about that situation. And he said, well, I went to the doctor, and he said, I had this problem with my valve, and this was given out, and there's all these issues with my heart, you know. And then she said again, she goes, tell me the truth about that situation. He said, I just told you. He said, well, I went to the doctor, and da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da, and this happened. She goes, no, tell me the truth about this situation. He said, uh, well, it ran in my family, and da-da-da-da-da. And, she, and then she uh, took her hands, and she slapped his ears. Boom. She called boxing his ears. <laughs> and slapped his ears. She, she goes, tell me the truth about that situation. <laughs> no, not what the doctor said. Tell me what the Word of God says. By His stripes you were healed. Who His own self bore our sins in His body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live in the righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Mm -hmm. He got the message real quick. Well, you know what? She saw the spirit of death on Him and she goes, I needed to get His attention real quick. She saw the spirit of death on Him and she wham, woke Him up. He said, the truth. Oh, okay. See, there's a difference between facts and truth. You've heard me say that before. The fact may be that you have a pain in your body. The fact may be that you have an unpaid bill. The fact may be that you have a, uh, someone that's one of your loved ones that's just screwing up right now. That's the facts. A lot of times we major on the facts, but what we need to do is major on the truth because truth will supersede the facts. Truth will overcome the facts. Amen? And so that's why I said when, when God speaks to you, He speaks the truth to you to give you a calmness in your heart and in your mind. Once I hear from the Lord, I can relax. And there's times that the Lord spoke to me, and I, by faith you accept He's talking to you. You know what I mean? Because from the natural, it looks like, ooh, baby, that storm's blowing. The winds are blowing, the winds of adversity and all this kind of stuff. Are you with me now? And uh, But yet... When you hear from the Lord, you can have absolute peace and tranquility of heart and mind and not worry about anything. Just, it's all going to be well. Amen? All is well. Say that, all is well. All is well. Amen? That's a good phrase to say. It's a biblical phrase. All is well. All is well. All is well. In my house. Now, real quickly here, because we're almost out of time here. I'm going to go through these really quick here, these scriptures here. But I want you to see this. In John 1 and verse 14. John 1 verse 14. We're going to rush through these real quick. It says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, and the glory of the only begotten of the Father. Notice this, full of grace and what? Truth. Say truth. Look at verse 17, John 1, 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. I saw this in a light. When the Lord said that to me, I saw that the truth as being liberating. Amen? If I don't believe the truth, that's when I become troubled or upset. Then John chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews that believed on Him, If you continue in My word... Then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, or set you free. Isn't that wonderful? Continue in the Word. You'll know the truth. John 14, this is all in the Gospel of John. John 14, verses 5 and 6. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we do not know whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Verse 6. This is a very familiar phrase here. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the way, the what? The truth. And if He tells you the truth, you don't have to believe a lie anymore. Amen? 
If the Lord says to you, all is going to be well, you don't need to sweat this thing, then you count it as done. You consider it done. And you're able to lay down, you're able to sleep at night. This is the greatest cure for a troubled heart. Now go to John 14 real quick here. John 14, verses 16 through 18. It says, 14 through 17. I'm sorry, John 14, verse 16 and 17. It says, And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Verse 17, Even the Spirit of truth. Say Spirit of truth. So uh, who is the Spirit of truth? The Holy Spirit. And when He has come, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. Oh, glory to God. He's called, the Holy Spirit's called the Spirit of truth. So when He speaks to you, like last week when the Holy Spirit spoke at the end of the service, amen, I embraced that. And I said, thank you, Lord. What did I do? I went back and I played it over again, the tape. Listened to it. I said, thank you, Lord. I received that. That's mine. That gave me peace. Amen? Now, John, uh, John 17, verse 17, very short verse here it says. Just got this verse and one other left. That's it. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them, Lord, through thy... He's praying here. He's praying for us. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So the devil's a liar. When the devil speaks, it's a lie. Okay? When he tells you something, puts fear on the inside of you. Listen carefully. Anytime he's going to speak to you, it's going to be fear-filled, not faith-filled. Fear-filled. And make you feel like a loser. Make you feel like it's not going to happen. There has never been a time ever that I remember that I prayed for something, whatever it would be, praying for something that the thought didn't come to me. After I prayed, it's not going to happen. That's just par for the course. The devil's a liar. And I know that's him talking to me. Now, there was a time in my Christian life I didn't know that was him. <laughs> I thought that was me. But when you get a fear-filled thought like that, an, an, a, a, a thought that's doubtful, is always a satanic thought. Always. So you know you're on good ground if that happens to you. Praise the Lord. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. God's word is truth. The truth. The truth. If you know the truth, it sets you free. Praise God. And just like I, I shared with that, that situation with Kenneth's mother, she didn't say, tell me the facts. She said, tell me the truth. He thought he was saying, tell me the facts. And he kept rehearsing what the doctor said. Kept rehearsing what the doctor said. She goes, no, give me the truth. Amen? I've met a few people like that in my life. They were bold like that, you know. Kind of scare you sometimes. But you know what? It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's good to have some good, wild, Holy Ghost-filled friends that will speak the truth to you sometimes. Amen? Everybody needs that. Now, here's the final scripture that I wanted to see here. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 when Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus, he was giving the illustration of the armor of God. Remember the different pieces of armor? This is spiritual armor. It's not natural armor. But one of the things he said in verse 14, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 14 says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. And then it says, having on the breastplate of righteousness. There's two pieces of armor that are mentioned in verse 14. Having your loins gird about with truth. Now, the loins part was that part where the belt was, okay? And I found this out, that the belt held all the pieces of armor together. It would clip on, like the breastplate would clip on to the, the girdle, the belt. The leg armor would attach itself to the belt, to the girdle, okay? All the pieces of armor were attached to the, what he said right here, have your loins girt about with truth. Okay? When your foundation is the truth, it will hold everything intact in your life. Okay? Just like in the natural, when this Roman armor, when Paul was in prison, I believe 
he saw a Roman soldier there, and the Lord just said, all right, let's talk about the armor of God right here. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. Well, just look at the fact that put on righteousness. Don't worry about the breastplate. Put on righteousness. Put on the helmet of what? Salvation. Have your mind renewed with the word of God. Have your loins or your belt girt about with truth. Have the truth. Have righteousness. Have your mind renewed with the word of God. This is the armor of God. But it's interesting because this is the most important piece of armor in a sense that the, the belt held all the pieces together. And when you don't know the truth, nothing seems to work. But when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Amen? Amen. I'm really careful, though, that when I talk to people, if I'm counseling people one-on-one or whatever, just, or just talking to people, I'm very, very conscious about the fact that, that uh, I don't want to just give them my opinion. My opinion may be right or may be wrong. Okay? But I want to try to give people information from the Bible, from the Word of God, which is a foundation of truth. And if I give people the truth of God's Word, if I give them the truth of God's Word, then, then there's a foundation to stand upon. It's not a weak foundation. Amen? And it's kind of like when we have, uh, on the 17th, when we have our healing school here in the morning. And uh, Brother Dan's going to be teaching that. Praise the Lord. In Jesus' name, he'll be off work. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We'll keep saying that. And, uh, but the truth of the Word of God, see, a lot of times people, Christians, wait till they get sick in, in order to start studying healing and scriptures and stuff like that. You know, a lot of people think they don't need that. You know, it's not really that important until their back is up against the wall. But that's why it's important. The Lord instructed us in our church to put a lot of emphasis on healing because there's going to come a time and you're going to need that. Okay? If your body's attacked, something comes against you, it's, you, ha- you have to have sufficient you know, faith on the, the truth of God's Word on the inside of you. It has to be the foundation. So that when adversity comes against you, the Bible says that the strong spirit of a man will sustain him even in bodily weakness. If your spirit is strong with the Word of God, you know, John the Apostle said, he told the young men, he said, he said to the young men, he said, you are strong. Why? Because the Word of God abides on the inside of you. You young men, you're strong. Why? Because the Word of God abides on the inside of you. So it's important that we have the Word, the truth constantly going on the inside of us. And, um, and I do it all the time. I mean, uh, during the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, praise the Lord. You know what I'm doing? I'm putting on, it's at some point during the day, I'm putting a teaching tape on. I'm hearing the Word or reading the Word or listening to a message. I can put a bunch of stuff on this phone and listen to it and get faith going all the time. Keep faith going all the time. Amen. And when you keep faith going all the time like that and, and it's built the foundation of the Word of God on the inside of you, you'll be ready for anything that comes. Remember it was said by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The prince of this world comes, but he finds nothing in me. (laughs) We can get to that point. The enemy is going to come, but if you've got the word, he's no match for you. You've got the word of God on the inside of you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do you want to? Okay. After we dismiss, Pastor Lynn is going to have some prayer in the back room for anybody that wants to come back. Amen. Or you want to just do it right here. Okay, the back room, the kids' room back there. Father, in the Jesus' name, we thank you today. I thank you for the truth of the Word of God. We ask you, to Lord, to seal the Word that you placed in our hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.